You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. And I'm so excited to be here preaching on 66, this new series that we're jumping into, named after the 66 books of the Bible. And when Eric first told me about this series, I got so excited because I don't know how each of you feel about this book. But I know that for me, when I became a Christian for years, I wanted to read this because I knew it was God's word. But... To be totally real, this is complicated, right? It's complex. It's hard to understand. And so every time I tried to read this book every day, I failed. But once I realized, once I learned, actually, that the Bible works together to tell one big story and that God's heart is revealed through it from the beginning to the end, it changed my perspective And it made me fall more in love with God, and it made me fall in love with God's word. And so I pray that the same thing happens for each of you through this series. And so I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer, though. This series, the whole thing, we are barely going to scratch the surface of the Bible, okay? But we believe that God can do a mighty work in your life through it. And so we've given you resources on your chairs Um, And we encourage you to follow along the reading plans. Um, Read scripture for yourself. Pray. Ask God for clarity um, as you read his word. And then talk to each other as you have questions and want to discuss things. Talk to your friends. Talk to your leaders. And I can't wait to see and hear what God does in your lives. Does that sound good? All right. Oh, thank you. Love that, Ava. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to jump right on in. So like all good stories, we're going to start in the beginning. So go ahead and turn with me to Genesis 1. Genesis 1. And we will be all over Genesis 1 through 3 tonight. So find me in Genesis 1, and I will read the first five verses. And they read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So if you continue reading on, you see that there are six days, and God spends six days creating the earth and everything in it, and we just sang about it. I love, thank you, worship team, for singing So Will I tonight. I am, I'm so jazzed that we sang that song. Um, so we just sang about how God used his voice to create the earth and the, and the mountains and the trees and animals and everything. So what we see is that God creates the world and he fills it. And then God decides to create something really wild. So find me in verse 26, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, 
in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot that has already happened. So let's break this down. And the first thing that I want to point out is the very first verse that reads, in the beginning, God created. And so what does that tell us? That tells us that before anything else existed in the world, there was God because he created everything else, right? In the beginning, God, he just is. And what that tells, that tells us is that the Bible is a story that's mainly about God. And that is our first big idea of the night. God is the beginning of the Bible story and its main character. And I think that's wild because it tells me that this book is not about me. And if I'm honest, that's so often how I approach this. It's like a self-help book, you know? I read it and I'm like, okay, God, like, what do you have for me? What are you trying to tell me? But the thing is, that's valuable, but if that's all we ever do, we're missing the point because God is the main character of the Bible. He, it's his story. Does that make sense? Okay, now this understanding can change the way that we approach the word today. Okay, and there are two questions that I found to be really helpful when reading any passage in the Bible, and I've shared this with uh, several of you throughout the summer. But the first question is this, what does the passage have to say about God? The second question is, what does the passage have to say about me or about humanity in light of who God is? Do you guys see that difference? It's, it's, it's subtle, but it helps us approach the Bible biblically looking at God first and then us. So let's take what we just read through those questions real quick. So what does the passage have to say about God? Well, God being the beginning of the Bible story and creating the world and everything in it by his voice tells me that he's powerful, right? A word that we might hear a lot in church is sovereign. And sovereign means possessing supreme or ultimate power. And that sounds like a word that describes God, right? And, and there's another thing. God defines what is good. He, he'll create something and he says, that is good. And so that tells me that God knows what goodness is. And it's one of the first instances that leads me to believe that God himself is good. Everyone follow so far? Okay, cool. And then the second question, what does this passage have to say about me, about humanity, in light of who God is? Well, what we learned is that humanity is created in the image of God. And if God is this sovereign God, if he is all-powerful and he created the world with the sound of his voice, how crazy is it that he decided to create you two, right? That's incredible. And so do you see how this is helping our understanding of the Bible? I know who I am. I have a better understanding of who I am because I know who God is. Does that make sense? It's powerful, right? Okay, so what we find out is that God creates a man named Adam, the first man. And if you flip with me to Genesis 2, verse 18, we'll find out what happens with this Adam. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
Skip down to verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. Um, A couple of things I want to point out. The first is earlier when God said, let us create mankind in our image, you might have been thinking to yourself, who is God talking to, right? And so I want to point out that this is one of the first instances that God is revealing himself as the Trinity, okay? One God, three persons, three entities. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Remember how I said that you're probably going to have a lot of questions about the things that we briefly talk about? (laughs) That's probably one of those things, right? (laughs) So, I just wanted to point this out because I think it's easy for us to read the Bible and think, okay, it was God the Father for a really long time, and then all of a sudden, okay, here's Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit. But I don't want us to miss that from the very beginning, God is revealing himself as the Trinity. Make sense? Okay. And then the second thing that I wanted to just briefly point out is that I know that this passage can be hard for a lot of people, but I think especially for us women, I think it brings up some questions of why are we second, like, you know, quality, equality, roles. It brings up questions, right? And I just wanted to say that those are valid. And to those things, I want to emphasize Genesis 1:27, where God said, and then God created mankind Male and female, he created them. Okay, so I just want to take a stand and say that both men and women are created in the image of God. Okay, I could talk about this for a really long time. So if you have any questions and want to talk about this more, please find me after. Okay? All right, so, so what have we found out so far? Well, what we found out is that in the beginning, God was with man. He was with Adam and Eve. And the Bible tells us that they were together in what's called the Garden of Eden. Okay, so it's God and it's humanity living together. Same playing field, right? And this is crazy. The last verse that we read says that Adam and Eve were with God. They were naked and they were unashamed. And it's, that is so important. That nakedness is, is symbolic, I think it means that Adam and Eve were living with God completely exposed, that God knew all of them, all of their thoughts, all of who they were, and yet Adam and Eve were unashamed. And that's crazy. That's hard for us to imagine, right? And so God must have loved Adam and Eve so deeply for them to live completely exposed and feel no shame, right? And so you may be thinking, well, if that was Adam and Eve... In Genesis 2, what happened? Because this is so different today, right? Well, what we learn in Genesis 2 is that God said, hey, Adam and Eve, live in the Garden of Eden. Work and eat from any tree that you want except for one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You may not eat fruit from that tree. And what do you think Adam and Eve did? 
They ate fruit from that tree, right? Okay, here we go. Genesis 3. Genesis 3. Find me in verse 1. Here we go. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Okay, so do you remember how we learned that humanity is created in the image of God? Remember? Well, that does not mean that we ourselves are God, okay? Therefore, we are imperfect. There are parts of us, there are desires in us that often go against God and his desires. We have what's called a sinful nature. And that's our second big idea, is simply humanity is sinful. Okay? Now, what is sin? What is it? Sin is an action or a thought that goes against God and his will. It's disobedience, okay? And something that I've learned is that sin is an archery term. And so if you imagine you have your bow and your arrow, you shoot it at a target. I've never done archery before, so I'm just guessing. But you shoot it at a target, and the middle of the target, what you're aiming for is a bullseye, right? But more often than not, you're standing there with your bow and your arrow, and you shoot it, and it doesn't hit the bullseye. And so sin is the term for the distance from your arrow to the bullseye, okay? Does that make sense? It's an imperfection. It's missing the mark. And I just want to be super clear. Sin is disobedience against God. It's a violation of God's character and God's law, okay? And, and what we saw is that there's a, a serpent. There's an enemy in the garden. And the enemy knows that we have a sinful nature, and because he's against God, he wants to capitalize on our sinful nature, take advantage of it, and use us against God, okay? And listen up, because the same tactics that the enemy uses in Genesis 3, he uses today. The enemy will help us question God, God's character, and God's promises. What did he say to Eve? He said, Eve, did God really say that? And that sounds familiar to us, right? We, we live our lives, and, and then we start to hear, does God really love me? Does God really have good plans for me? Can I truly trust him? Right? And these questions lead our thoughts in a spiral, and we start to believe that we know better than God. Okay? God, you don't know what's best for me. I want to do this. You don't understand, God. And once we believe these lies, it leads us to sin. Does that make sense? Sound familiar? Now, the thing about sin is that it has consequences, and we see it already revealed in verse 8. 
where Adam and Eve once lived with God, naked and unashamed, they cover themselves and they run and hide at the sound of God entering the garden. That's crazy, right? And maybe we can relate to this version of Adam and Eve way more. Maybe sin sounds familiar to you, and you know that there is sin in your life, and it causes you to feel shame. It causes you to run and hide, and you don't let God or anyone else in your life because you're afraid of how they'll respond. I can relate to that. I can relate to that, and I I wonder if you can too. Now, one of the first consequences of sin that we saw is shame. But another way to think about sin is that it's like a debt. And so if you imagine a bank account that's gone into debt or deficit, what does it need? It requires a payment for things to be made right again, right? So we saw shame, but what else happens when sin enters the world? Well, what we learn is that Adam and Eve are banished from the Garden of Eden. They can no longer dwell with God. And then sin puts enmity, which is strife or hardship or struggle, into relationships. And if you keep reading in Genesis, you see this play out with Adam and Eve's family. That's why relationships are so broken in this world today. It's because of our sin. And sin also makes work difficult and childbirth painful. But there's another really important consequence to sin that is so severe. God is so holy and he's so good that he can have no part in sin. I think of like water and oil, and you know how if you put those together, no matter how hard you try to mix it, they won't go together. I think, I think of God like that with sin. He's just so holy that he can have no part in sin. He must be separate. And so when sin enters the world, what happens is that all of a sudden, there is a separation between a perfect God and an imperfect us, and what's separating us is our sin. Okay? And the thing is, if God is good and is everything good, and we're separated him, we're separated from him, all that we are left with is sin and its consequences of pain, suffering, and death. It's what the Bible describes as spiritual death. And that is our state. That is our fate. So that death is the cost of sin, the payment of our sin. Now, the same sinful nature that lived in Adam and Eve, I think we can all relate to, right? I, I know that sin is definitely a part of my life. And so if this is where I'm at, if the story ended here, this would be really bad news, right? I hope I'm not the only one who's thinking that. Separated from God from eternity? be terrible. But praise God... The story does not end here. And there is a verse that I don't, I don't want us to miss. It's Genesis 3, verse 21. Genesis 3, 21, and it reads, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And you may be thinking, this is kind of a random verse. Like, what's so important about it? I don't get it. Well, where do you think that God got garments of skin? There had to be an animal sacrifice, right? And so in a place where there was no death, 
Death enters through our sin, but God makes an animal sacrifice. He has something else die so that Adam and Eve don't have to. Okay, and then he covers them with that payment. Symbolic of, hey, I am paid for your sin. I'm covering it, and I'm sending you away, but this is a promise. Okay, I'm going to rescue you. And that is our last big idea of the night. Big idea number three is that from the very beginning, God shows that he makes sacrifices to rescue his people and redeem them from sin. Okay, and this makes the story really good news, right? And I think in a really beautiful way, because the bad news was so bad before, it makes the good news even better. And maybe this is all starting to sound a little bit familiar. And I want to say, yes, Genesis 3.21 is a promise. It's pointing to a future sacrifice, a bigger one of Jesus Christ and his death on a cross that pays for our sin and his resurrection through which we have the opportunity to be back into a right relationship with God. And my friends, this is, this is everything this is the story of the Bible, and we got a glimpse of it. We got a taste of it in the first three chapters of Genesis, of the beginning. And I'm, I'm just so excited about this series because you get to follow this story from beginning to end. And you get to see and read for yourself God's great plan of redemption. His redemption his love for us, his creation, who he just simply adores. And I'm so excited for all that God is going to do. And so I, I hope and I pray that you are curious, that you are leaning into this series and into this book. And you say, okay, God, who are you? Show me your character. Show me your love. And I'm just so excited to hear about what God does. All right, thank you, friends, for letting me share tonight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Thank you. Um, God, God, you, um, you are so good. God, thank you that you existed at the beginning of time and you created the earth with the sound of your voice and then you decided to create us. God, you are incredible and it's amazing that in our sin, you love us so much that you sacrifice for us. God, I, I pray over all these students and all, all the life groups that we are about to break to. And we're going to fast forward through the story to another sacrifice of a man named Abraham and his son Isaac. And God, we are just in awe of you. We're so excited to learn more about your heart and your love for us. God, we just adore you, God, and we pray for great discussions tonight in our life groups. God, we love you so, so much, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen.